Welcome to episode 3 of Behind the Bookshelves. My name is Richard Davis and this Abe Books podcast series is dedicated to telling the stories behind books and the people who love them. Today we're going on the road to Oxford, literary Oxford. This is an easy subject for me. I lived there for a dozen years. Although I wasn't in the book business at the time, it was clear books were an essential part of this English town. Literary references are everywhere. You choose the one you want to see and start walking or cycling towards it. Let's begin with J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. In the 1930s and 1940s, they were members of the Inklings, an informal but influential literary discussion group. They met in a pub, so it must have been pretty informal. Their favourite pub was the Eagle and Child on St. Giles, a wide boulevard surrounded by colleges. I've drunk a lot of pints of Wadworth 6X bitter in that pub, which is also referred to as the Bird and Baby. I always imagined that Tolkien and Lewis were at the next table, discussing the role of theology in children's fiction, or perhaps just talking about the cricket scores. Tolkien lived at 20 Northmore Road, a short walk from the city centre. It's a modest house with a blue commemorative plaque. Tolkien's grave can be found a mile or so further north in Wolvercote Cemetery on the edge of the city. There are nearly always fresh flowers left by fans of Middle Earth. Lewis lived in the east of the city in a suburb called Headington Quarry. His house is now a study centre. In 1993, I watched the movie Shadowlands about Lewis and the American poet Joy Davidman in a downtown Oxford cinema. The film has scenes showing Oxford's famous Randolph Hotel, which is next door to the cinema where I was sitting. Oxford's like that. Literary references are piled up on top of each other. To understand Oxford, you have to understand that Oxford University isn't one institution. It's a body made up of more than 30 distinct colleges, and each one has its own history and atmosphere and rules. Lewis taught at Magdalen College for 29 years. It's written as Magdalen, but pronounced Magdalen. Locals always grin when they get asked for directions to Magdalen. The college is in the middle of the city, and yet it has a deer park. The poet John Betjeman and Oscar Wilde both studied at Magdalen. A third academic casting a giant shadow over Oxford is Charles Dodgson, better known as Lewis Carroll, author of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. The origins of his famous children's story began when Carroll went on a boat ride down the Thames with three girls, Alice, Lorena and Edith Liddell, who encouraged Carroll to tell them a story. He continued the story on other outings with the children and eventually wrote it down. The Thames runs through the city, but it's called the Isis by Oxford people, and it's usually filled with student rowers going fast and tourists punting slowly. Inexperienced punters often fall in, which makes the riverside walks very entertaining. Dodson was a brilliant scholar and taught mathematics at Christchurch College. He went on to publish several mathematics books as well as puzzles, games and riddles. Christchurch is beautiful. I used to spend summer lunchtimes in its gardens. Numerous scenes from the Harry Potter movies were filmed there. Modern-day Oxford is also associated with Inspector Morse, the grumpy, beer-swilling, opera-loving police detective created by Colin Dexter. 
The novels are essentially a tour of the city's colleges, pathways and suburbs. I once turned the corner in Oxford's covered market and encountered a film crew recording an episode for the Morse TV series. Actors John Thor, who played Morse, and Kevin Watley, who played his long-suffering assistant Lewis, were standing in front of me. I hung around waiting to see if I could become an unpaid extra in the scene, but I moved on after about 15 minutes of inactivity. Acting, it seems, involves a lot of standing around doing very little. The fictional Morse would often drink in the White Horse pub in Broad Street, and you can too. The Hobgoblin bitter is particularly good in that pub. Next door to the White Horse is Blackwell's Bookshop. Blackwell's was founded in 1879. This is the flagship bookshop for the company, which has more than 70 stores across the UK. About 30 yards away from Broad Street is the Bodleian Library. Founded in 1602, it's one of the world's great libraries. Take a tour and you'll see huge antiquarian books chained to their shelves for safekeeping the old-fashioned way. It's got four Magna Cartas, a Shakespeare first folio, a complete Gutenberg Bible, and a base arm book. That's the first book printed in the United States. Like the Bodleian, the university's botanical garden is a wonderful place to escape the busy streets. Tolkien loved this place, and you can see the bench that Will and Lyra talked about in Philip Pullman's Amber Spyglass novel. Pullman is another Oxford man. Brideshead Revisited by Evelyn Waugh also references the Botanical Garden. This book is an essential read for anyone interested in pre-World War II Oxford. Waugh studied at Hartford College, and his novel offers an insight into the decline of Britain's privileged classes. There are plenty more novels set in Oxford, at least 500 apparently. Thomas Hardy's Judy Obscure takes place in the fictional city of Christminster, but in reality it's modelled on Oxford. Aside from being desperately sad even for a Thomas Hardy story, this novel is a critique of how universities only catered for the wealthy. The list of authors who have studied or lived in Oxford is long, and includes Dorothy Sayers, Ian McEwan, Graham Greene, Aldous Huxley, Samuel Johnson, Iris Murdoch, Jonathan Swift, T. E. Lawrence, Mark Haddon, William Golding, Martin Amis, Joanna Trollope, Philip Larkin, and on and on goes the list. The best non-fiction book about the city is simply entitled Oxford, and it's by the Welsh travel writer Jan Morris. A graduate of Christchurch College, she wrote the book in 1965, and it's still relevant today. Most of the car factories she mentions are gone, but Oxford's much the same. Oxford is nicknamed the City of Dreaming Spires. That too is a literary reference. The poet Matthew Arnold, who attended Oriel College in the city, wrote an elegy to a friend and mentioned the joys of life in and around Oxford, which he describes as that sweet city with her dreaming spires. The best way to experience those spires is to walk the city college by college, street by street. If you've never been, then I hope you can visit one day. Thanks for listening to Behind the Bookshelves. My name is Richard Davis from Abe Books. The next episode will look at the puzzle book Masquerade, which captivated a nation in 1979. If you have suggestions for topics, we'd love to hear from you. Email me at podcast at abebooks.com. See you soon.